let the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with Ryan. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Can't believe it, but it's episode 91 here on the podcast as we start a new season, a far too long break that we had. We just we just enjoyed the summer too much. Um, but uh, pleased to be back with the new season, and we're going to kick things off on episode 91 here by bringing in former player, Boilermaker David Teague. David, thanks for taking time to join us here. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be a part of uh, episode 91. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So um, I've been uh, – so we were going to – I was wanting to talk to you for a long time, and there was a compliance issue because you were helping a high school team, and we can't talk uh, to high school coaches. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're taking a break from that, and so yeah. now it freed up – uh, freed you up so you'll be able to join us. So I was excited when I touched base with you and got this all scheduled. So um, you are a unique player in a lot of ways, but uh, one of the guys that was here for the end of Coach Katie's tenure, beginning of Coach Painter's tenure, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll go over here in a little bit. But first of all, uh, everybody knows you're from Indianapolis. Uh, did you live anywhere prior to uh, to your time in Indy? Uh, nope, nope. I was uh, born and raised in Indianapolis. I grew up there, um, you know, my entire time. Uh, first time actually leaving, you know, <laughs> Indiana was, um, you know, before I enrolled at Purdue and I went out to Maine, <laughs> went yeah. out to Maine for prep yeah. school. So that was, that was a little scary and a little different for me, but it was, it was part of the experience, but yep, been, uh, in Indianapolis pretty much my whole life. Well, talk about your childhood in Indianapolis. I know, um, uh, let's get into that a little bit. What are your, what, how was it growing up there? What was your childhood like? Um, so it was, um, you know, just, um, you know, pretty normal. Um, grew up on the, um, on the West side of Indianapolis. Um, my dad and his, his family, um, a lot of my older cousins, um, lived on the South side of town. So I would kind of be back and forth there. Uh, spent a lot of summers, um, and some weekends, you know, on the, on the South side. So kind of grew up on the South side of town, um, a little bit. Um, on uh, Harlan Street, uh, where my great grandma lived. Um, but for the most part, grew up on the west side of Indianapolis in uh, Colonial Square Apartments. Um, that's uh, connected to Mayfield Green and, and Three Fountains. Um, and uh, you know, went to uh, Pike Township um, Elementary School. So I went to uh, College Park um, Elementary. Then went to Lincoln and Middle School. Um, didn't really start playing basketball um, organized wise um, until what the eighth grade, my eighth grade year really? at Lincoln. Huh. Yeah, yep, didn't try out as a seventh grader. Um, just didn't have any interest, I guess, in, you know, really playing organized organized basketball. You know, I just grew up, you know, grew up playing street ball with all my older cousins. I was um, probably the youngest in my family uh, for a long time, you know, on both sides. So um, just grew up competing with a lot of my older cousins, um, just playing street ball and things like that. Um, but once I got a taste of organized basketball um, in the eighth grade, um, I started playing like a little – um, local travel ball, AAU, and things like that. And that really, really sparked my interest and kind of made me realize what I've been missing out on. So um, got to high school. I um, went to Pike High School. 
Um, crazy enough, didn't try out, <laughs> didn't try out for the team as a freshman um, at the high school. Jeez, um, wow. Yeah, finally decided, you know, um, you know, I always had ambitions of, you know, wanting to play in the NBA. You know, I followed the NBA since I was, a, you know, a young kid. We collected basketball cards and, you know, traded cards and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, I was always, um, you know, fantasizing about the NBA, you know. But once I got to high school, um, you know, guys, you should tell me, you know, oh, man, I was pretty good. I was good. But, you know, a couple of my friends, you know, kind of brought it to my attention. Like, man, you want to go to the NBA and, you know, play college basketball. How you gonna do that if you ain't on nobody's team? Yeah. <laughs> so like, man, that's a that's a that's a that's a good point. So tried out as a sophomore, um, got cut from the JV team. You know, um, wow. so many guys were expected to make wow. it. You know, yeah, like a and it was crazy, man. It was just like one of those you know one of those movies or TV shows. You know, when guys kind of go up to the wall to see the list, see you know yeah. see who made, it, see who didn't. You know, and um, everybody was expecting me to make it. You know, I was expecting to make it. Um, you know, went up, seen that list, man, seen my name wasn't on it. Heart dropped. Like I was, that was probably, probably the first like real disappointment, you know, in my life, you know, that I can actually, you know, really think back to where, you know, my expectations were so high, man. And to be let down, um, it was a, it was a, it was a jaw dropper, man. And just that embarrassment and just that, that feeling of humbleness, man, is something I would never forget. And that's really what sparked me, you know, to become the player, you know, I eventually became. Man, you know, that, guys were coming up. And then you got to go through school. Yeah. got to go through school the rest of the day wearing that, man. Guys were coming up to me like, man, I know you made it, man. And I'm telling wow. them, like, oh, man, I didn't make it. They were like, what? Do you, you didn't make the team? No. And you got to, you know, you got to keep explaining that over and over all yeah. day. Man. I got home, man. I ran to my room. I cried. Um my mom came in and asked me what was wrong. And my mom, she was the type that, you know, she wasn't really wasn't a big sports fan or, you know, really wasn't into basketball or things like that. She was just more more so on me about making sure, you know, I got my grades, I behaved right, you yeah. know, got an education and, you know, graduated high school. She didn't really care nothing about basketball <laughs> or sports. But she did know that, you know, I had a passion for it and I loved it so much. And, you know, I was crying in my room telling her, you know, I was going to quit basketball. It wasn't fair. This and that, you know, the whole world was me. The whole world was me thing. And, yeah. You know, she got me together. She just, she straightened me up. She's like, listen, like, I, I don't care nothing about this basketball stuff or nothing you got going on, but I know how much you love it. And I know how much you put into it. So this is something you really love. I'm not going to just let you quit. You're going to keep working at it and you're going to get better. And you're going to try out again next year. And man, she got me together. And just to hear that come from her, you know, from somebody who really, you know, didn't follow sports, didn't really care so much, but you know, just really cared about me. It it opened my eyes, man, and it, it changed a lot. And so from that day forward, you know, I just I went out and worked on the game. I showed up to every JV and varsity basketball game. Really? Yeah, so you watched. went to the, so you went to the game. Yep. You get cut, and and I I think mm. it's like the feeling you had. I mean, you can probably just close your eyes and picture that same feeling and and i think everybody's had moments in their life some something similar to that may not be with an athletic team but you know a girl dumps you or or whatever happens and you know you have that that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach you have that go through and by the way what your mom said is amazing Mm -hmm. like amen to that i wish there were (laughs) i wish there were and and how different nowadays uh, it seems like most parents nowadays would say that the coach is crazy and go up to yep. school and, and oh, question yeah. the coach. Yep. Yep. Put go the blame the, on everybody else. Yeah. Yep. Go to the yeah. school board meeting and try to get the coach fired. Yeah. That's what yep. they would do. All, yes. of, that, yep, all yeah. of that, man. But, yep, she put that mirror to my face, man. And, 
and just just let me know the reality of it like if this is something that you really want to do you got to put in the work to get better wow that is that's awesome like very yeah, that's kudos yeah that's accountability at its at its at its core man yeah that's awesome so you you decide to go to the games, which I got to tell you, I don't know how many kids are going to do that. Like, yeah. you know, talking about grabbing your ball and going home, right? You know, <laughs> most, most kids are going to sit around and feel sorry for themselves. Your mom picks you up, but then you have the wherewithal to go to the games. Now, yep. were you going there because was it like a fear of missing out kind of thing, or was it like nope. I got to see what I got to do to get to get on this team? Yep, that's exactly what it was. Because for me, you know, once once I kind of you know understood and got over the fact like this is the final decision. You know what I mean? Like ain't no going back and changing yeah. the coach's decision and get, I had to realize, okay, what do I have to do going forward now to make sure I don't go through this feeling again? You know? So I went to, you know, every JV game, I was the first one, you know, first one in the gym, I got my notebook out. And so what I was doing was taking notes on all the guys that played my same position, you know, wow. the things that I was better. Yeah. The things that I were better than them at. And then the things that they were better at. And a lot of the things were, you know, just the fundamental stuff, especially on the defensive end, you know, jumping to the ball, you know, being, um, you know, knowing how to be one pass away or two passes away, being in the help side, different things like that that I didn't understand from not, you know, playing competitive basketball and organized basketball for so long. So those are some of the things that I just, I kind of learned from and picked up from, from guys that played my same position and then incorporated the things that, you know, I already was naturally good at. And so it's made it a point, you know, to, to incorporate that in, in my individual workouts and things like that. And then I would stay and watch the varsity games, you know, watching Chris Thomas, um, you know, he, he won a state championship um, our freshman year, you yeah. know, so his sophomore year, he played a major role, you know, on the varsity team over at Pike. Um, so, you know, watching him a lot and watching those guys, um, you know, flipping the page on my notebook, taking stats and taking notes of the varsity game, you know, and just seeing, um, just making those comparisons from the difference between JV and varsity, how much faster and, how much more advanced the varsity game is, you know, and just some of the things I can kind of incorporate into my game on that aspect too. And I think that did a huge, a huge deal for me, you know, that following year, my junior year, um, you know, when I tried out for the JV team and made it. And I actually grew, I actually grew um, with three or four inches over the summer. Too. Well, that, that's that what helped, I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask you because you're a tall guy for guard and, you know, I was going to ask you when you grew, but but before you answer that, so you're in the stands with this notebook. Is anybody yeah. saying anything to you, like, or any of the coaches at, or anybody? Or looking, this? At, looking at me weird, man. And so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't know if the coaches, if the coaches really knew what I was doing, or you know, if they really were even paying attention to me. But for me, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to get, you know, any pats on the back or you know, attention from the coaches. I literally, you know wanted to get better and yeah, make yeah. sure I didn't have that feeling again of, of getting cut, man. And so, um, you know, once the students and, you know, fans started to arrive to the game, <laughs> they looking at me like, man, what are you, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, like, like you keeping stats and taking, like, what are you doing? And, and back in those days, like, our, the Pike games used to be packed, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Game used to be packed, and so I'm in there with my with my notebook. I don't really got barely got room to write. Barely got room to write. It was <laughs> it was weird, man. But I knew, you know, what my you know what my end goal was for it all. So it may look strange and weird to a lot of people, but I you know I knew I understood and knew what my what my end goal was. It, the great irony to all of this, and <laughs> if you're a Pike High School fan, you're going to appreciate this. The fact that you and you've already mentioned Chris Thomas. 
I remember that team when you guys were seniors, just how good you were. Alan Darner, of course, was your head coach, right? I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. I mean, that that is one of the – if it's not the best Pike team to ever come through those hallways, it's certainly in the conversation. So the fact that you weren't even on the team as a sophomore, to me, is an amazing story. (laughs) That uh, that you got – you again, Chris Thomas, of course, went on to play at Notre Dame, great player. Um, but man, what a story! I, that's thanks for sharing. I had no idea that you yeah, didn't, I've never didn't heard make this. it as a junior. I mean, I've never heard this, Dave. Wow. Like this is cool stuff. Like I, I just remember you starting to get recruited by Coach Martin, but I didn't. So you make the team your junior year. Like what? How? What was your role like your junior year? So, um, so, so basically, to start off my jun- my junior year because I, I was five ten as a sophomore when I got cut, then I came back six uh well six three. <laughs> Six three as a junior. That makes but a my, difference. My, yeah, but my skill set was so much better, man. I just yeah. I worked on you know all of my fundamentals, all of my weaknesses, you know, over that over that fall and over that summer um, prior to my junior year. Um, but start the year off, I started off um, on the JV team. Crazy enough, um, we end up uh, we won by a buzzer beater, and I had 34, 34 points. My very first high school high school basketball game, my mm-hmm. first JV game. It was a home game. Who'd you play? And so. Uh, I can't remember who we played, man. It was, it was, no, we played, um, matter of fact, we played, um, Bonzi, Bonzi Wells, um, uh, Muncie, oh, Muncie, yeah, Muncie Central, yep, because yep, Bonzi, yep, Bonzi Wells, um, younger brother, um, played, played on the team. Wow. And he, the first, and he was killing us the first half, <laughs> but I, I didn't know who he was, right? So yep. at halftime, the coach comes to me like, T, you letting this kid, Wells, um, just kill us? Um, I don't care if he's Bonzi Wells' little brother. Like he's showing you up. I'm like Bonzi Wells. I was like, oh, is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> second half, he scored. He scored two points. The second half, get you not. You know, I took it. I took it personal. You know, I, yeah. I was big. Yeah. I was big on names like that. And so, yeah. you know, that was the challenge. You know, so I, I took that personal. And um, so from there, um, you know, after that first game, uh, Coach Darner, um, you know, he called me up, uh, had me practice, practicing with the varsity team. You know, during the week, and then let me know. You know, I would still play. You know two to three quarters of JV and dress varsity in case, you know, in case they need me. So a few games go by, you know, I'm playing, um, you know, two, three quarters of JV. I'm getting, you know, 24, 22 points, 26, and like two and three quarters of JV, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm dressing varsity. But I'm, you know, I'm not getting any varsity action, you know, but I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I made a team. Right. Um, our JV team is winning. You know, I'm doing my thing on JV, you know, um, getting, a, you know, getting a lot of exposure, things like that. Then it comes to the point, you know, with Darner, he um, moves me up to full-time varsity. You know, no more JV. I'm full-time varsity. But two or three games go by, I don't get off the bench. So mm-hmm. I'm like, man. So I go to Coach Darner. I'm like, hey, Coach, man. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I appreciate you. You know, give me the, give me the opportunity. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love putting in the work. But I was like, you know, if if you don't mind, man, like. You can put me back on the <laughs> You want to get some, want to get some running. I want to get. Some, I just want to hoop. You know, like I've yeah. been cut last year. Like I just want to play. And he was he was surprised at that. You know, because especially in, in those days, like most of the times, like guys' dream is to dress varsity. Like right. whether you play or not, especially at Pike, whether you play or not, like you just it makes your it's gonna make your day just you know to be on that bench. Yeah. You know, in the varsity uniform. But for me, like, I want to play, you know, and I've had success, you know, at the JV level already playing. So I got my feet wet. So I'm telling him, like, look, I don't mind 
put me back on JV. Let me play freshman. Like I don't care. Like I just wanna, I just wanna hoop, man. And he actually was was surprised at that. And you know, he was like, man, most guys, you know, just have a selfish type of mentality. You know, he was like, you know, guys, you know, complain about you know playing time, and that's typically their reason of you know why they want more minutes. Or I've never had anybody ask to be demoted. You know, to be sent, you yeah. know, to be sent down. He was like, that just says a lot about your competitive spirit and you know, and your knack for, you know, just, just wanting to compete and wanting to get better. I said, yeah, that's what, it, what it's all about. You know, I was like, you know, from being cut last year to getting a, you know, a taste of having some, you know, some, some success, you know, on the, on the high school level, I was like, I just, I just want to continue that and just keep getting better. And I just feel like, you know, experience is the best teacher. So the more I get a chance to play, you know, I think, you know, the better I can, I can become and the more I can learn. And so, um, from there, he just he started giving me a little bit more minutes. Like I got like two or three minutes here on on the varsity, on the varsity team. But every time I would check in, I would do something you know productive, get a steal, um, you know, make a shot, make the right plays, you know, be in the right right position defensively. And I think um, just practicing with the varsity team at that pace, and then going back and playing the JV games, it not only added to my confidence, but it just gave me that ex- that experience and seeing the difference in, in the two, which, you know, helped, helped my confidence too, but it helped me on the varsity end because I kind of was able to focus on what I needed to do to be able to get those minutes and to be able to play. So, you know, my minutes went from, you know, three to four to, you know, seven or eight here or there to by the middle of the season, you know, I was starting and I finished the year second on the team in scoring behind Chris. and We lost in the, lost in the regionals to Newcastle that year. Wow. Well, I don't know Coach Darner. Alan Darner is a legendary high school coach, and I don't can't speak to know uh, him very well at all. It's of course for our listeners, it's Link Darner's father yep. who played here. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I do think, though, just knowing how coaches are, especially maybe some older coaches, that when you went to him and said what you said, that that had to be music to his ears. Because I know, obviously, there's no JV team here at Purdue, but if a guy was like, "Look, man, I just want to play," like that hunger mm-hmm. to play is is what you want because then you yeah. know that the work is going to follow and all that stuff's going to you know fall in line so i got to think that when you went to him and said that he probably deep down was like this is great i got one here that can be a player yeah. <laughs> so you uh at what point as you're going through all this did colleges start taking notice so um it probably wasn't until I want to say my senior my senior year, um, you know, I had to uh, finish finish my junior year pretty strong. Um, we started our senior year off um, ranked pretty ranked pretty high in the state. Um, you know, started off great. You know, I, I was a starter my senior year. Um, me and Chris were uh, the leading scorers um, that whole year. And I would say probably about a quarter a quarter of the way through um, our senior year is when I first started getting offers. I think. Um, and I remember, t- I remember telling some of my uh, my neighborhood buddies. I remember telling them like, man, because you know guys were getting you know um, letters in the mail and you know yeah. getting called down to the coach's office and things like that. Yeah. And I was getting kind of jealous, man. I was like telling my buddies like, man, I don't care, man. The first team, first team that offered me, man, that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm going. <laughs> like, I don't care who it is. I don't care where it's at. So the first school to send me an offer was. Uh, Appalachian State, <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "That's where I'm going." <laughs> That's where I'm going, and wow. then I'm like, I'm asking my dudes, like, 
where's that at, man? Like, where's, <laughs> <laughs> like, where's Appalachian? Like, I never heard of it before oh. in my life, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was like, soon as, you know, as soon as that first offer came in, you know, the floodgates, you know, floodgates were open. Yeah. And um, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, low to mid major, mid major offers, um, you know, initially. I got to, I got to wonder from our, <laughs> our perspective, produce perspective. I know that coach Martin got on you, mm-hmm. but I wonder how that, I'd be interested to talk to him about how that transpired. If that was something that maybe coach Darner reached out with the Purdue ties or if, it got to the point where he just heard enough and had to get in there and, you know, really. Yep. Do you so, remember Purdue first coming in the gym, or yeah, do you remember Coach Martin? Yeah, so, yep, so so what it was was um, I think initially it was uh, Coach Price. Okay. They were, um, they were looking at they were looking at Chris. Yeah. Or it may have been looking at Chris and maybe somebody else who, who we were playing against, and then um, Coach Price noticed me uh, making a lot of shots. I forget which which game it was, but I think it was one of my better one of my better shooting one of my better shooting games. Yeah, and um, Coach Price noticed me knocking down a lot of shots, and he's like, and I remember he, he told me um, he contacted Coach Martin, was like, man, like I know you know Pike's got uh, Chris Thomas, but. There's a skinny, there's a skinny kid with braids, uh, David Teague. Like, man, he's long, he's long, and he's athletic, and he's a knockdown shooter. Like, we need to, we need to kind of, kind of look at him. And yeah. So I think that's that's kind of where it started, you know, with Coach Price and, uh, you know, Coach Martin, you know, jumped on board not too long after that and really sealed the deal. Like, man, Coach Martin. So I had a, um, a visit, and this is where I was going to make my decision. I had a visit to. Um, Southern Illinois, where yeah. uh, Coach Coach Paint was the assistant, and uh, Coach Weber was the no, 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 no. Coach Weber had left already, so Coach Paint was the head coach at, at Southern at this time. Yeah, it was Southern Illinois, and then it was uh, oh, I can't think Drake. It was Drake. Okay. It was Drake and Southern Illinois. So those are really going to be my final, you know, my final two choices. They have been the most consistent, you know, throughout you know my senior year, um, leading up, you know, towards the end of the end of the season, and so I was going to take my visit to Drake. And then, you know, fly directly to Southern and then after both visits, you know, make my decision after that. Yeah. So the night the night before my flight to Drake, Tonzo, Coach Martin calls me and, um, you know, I'm driving around in my mom's car, just, you know, just having a moment thinking about, you know, my future, the decision, what I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to do, things like that. And uh, Coach Martin calls me, it's probably like 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. And uh, he's just he's talking to me and talking to me about everything. He's like, man, he was like. You know, if this was um, if this was North Carolina or Duke or something like that, he was like, I'd be the first one to tell you, you know, take that position. You know, you know, not, it's nothing to think about. He was like, I don't want you to sell yourself short. He was like, yeah, some of these mid-major schools, they're good schools, but Purdue is the Big Ten. You know, he was like, it's a great opportunity for you. And so, I, you know, I was telling him because Purdue – um, they started recruiting me late, so they didn't have a scholarship for me, you know, yeah. after my senior after my senior year. And so I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, I understand that, man, but you know, I just I want to play right away. You know, I just started playing high school basketball. You know, I don't want to have to, you know, have to sit out and have to red shirt. And he was like, well, there's other options. You know, there's junior college, there's prep school. And at the time, I didn't know what none of that meant. I didn't right. know what junior college yeah, was. I didn't yeah, know what yeah. prep school. I, like, I didn't know none of that. I just knew, you know, red shirt means you had to sit out a year. Yeah. And um, so he, he's explaining everything to me, he's explaining the difference between, you know, junior college and, and prep school. And so he gets to prep school. He's like, yeah, you know, what prep school is basically, you know, like a fifth year of high school. You get an extra year to develop your body, get your grades together, if, you know, 
if you're struggling with your grades, um, you know, but my grades, you know, were, you know, my, my grades were good. I qualified. So that was another reason why, you know, I really wasn't trying, you know, to sit out a year. Right. And it was like, but for you, because you're, you're a young senior, it'll give you a time, give you a little bit of chance to mature a little bit, you know, play a high, a high level of basketball. You know, I got the perfect prep school for you. He basically already had the situation laid out for me um, with his, his prep school coach that was just at a different school, um, at a different school for me now. So I ended up going to Bridgeton, Maine. And that was with, with, Academy. Was, was with, with the coach? Yep, yeah. yep, with Lazure. And yep, that yep. that had to help because that's who Zoe played for. He went to a yep. prep school. He has Won a similar – Yeah, yep. and has a similar background from you. You know, uh, yep. lived in a city, really never got away, did that, and it worked. So did, I, I assume that that had a big – that played um, a big role in that. It, it played a big role, man. And then just up until that point, like um, Zoe, he just was – just a, a, a major influence, man, just for my senior year of basketball that year. I'm not even really putting any pressure on me to decide Purdue just was just the first, probably the first coach that was just, I felt like was genuinely there for me just to give me that guidance because I never, like my older brother played basketball, but he never really played at a high level. Like never played high school basketball. So, yeah. you know, I never really had anybody um, to kind of mirror to show me the ropes of, you know, colleges to pick and you know what's a good school and you know the difference what's a junior college and you know some right. of these some of these things and so for you know for for Zoe to take the time out man to explain everything just for my best interest for me individually you know first and foremost man it just it did wonders and then the position he put me in um you know at that prep school just you know was another opportunity to give me great exposure for me to learn for me to um you know broaden my game so much man i played against some of the greatest competition uh played against uh rashad mccants um there's another guy stanley Asumnu, who was um uh, who was really high highly rated end up going to tennessee um played against um francisco garcia out there they end up going to louisville yeah um yeah a lot of big names man jared jack and uh yeah craig craig smith they end up going to boston college like the exposure was crazy, man. But Zoe, he did do his due diligence, man. He did uh, <laughs> make sure he made sure that um, Coach Coach Lejeur wouldn't let any other teams kind of, you know, yeah. get close mm. to me. Or, <laughs> well, at the time, and I, see, I didn't understand that. I didn't know the difference yeah. between a verbal commit. You know, I didn't yeah. know with a verbal. I just thought, you know, because you know Zoe hooked it up for me to go out there. You know, I committed to Purdue. That's where I'm. You know, I'm signed stamped and delivered to i didn't know you know i had opportunities to go to any other schools which i wasn't interested in anyway you know right. but you know i i didn't know that you know and it kind of it kind of helped too because we would have work we would have workouts and stuff you know with the team and you know i'm doing my thing i'm i'm tearing these guys up i'm killing and it's college coaches you know all kind of college <laughs> yeah college yeah. coaches in the gym and after the you know after the open gyms and the scrimmages none of these coaches are coming to talk to me like at all like <laughs> Not even paying me no mind, and they're talking to all these other players, and I'm just looking around like, man, what is going? Like, I just killed these dudes. <laughs> Ain't nobody talking to me. And so, um, come to find out, um, Coach Lejure, he finally came to me after like the third or fourth day. We had schools in there, like nobody talking. To I'm starting to get depressed now. Like, yeah. man, what is, yeah. I'm like, what is going on? And so, he showed me the um, basically like the uh, the sheet with the roster sheet, and it had. Um, if anybody was, you know, committed to anywhere um, next to their name. And so it was a couple of players, you know, that were, you know, already committed. But he had um, Purdue next to my name, and it was like uh, 
what it's, it says something like like don't touch don't talk to or or, or like <laughs> yeah something like something like basically like hands telling up. other coaches like don't even don't even don't even bother hands you know off I mean? hands off yeah yeah, yeah. so he kind of explained that to me so i kind of i kind of understood i kind of got it but um well, it was well yeah well real quick just so our listeners know that is you know mm-hmm. if you go to a prep school you know, a lot, of, a lot of young men go to prep schools because maybe they're like a late bloomer or maybe yep. it's a grade situation. There's a variety of reasons. But bottom yep. line yep. is, and in this case, like, you know, we were out of scholarships, and, and that happens from time to time mm-hmm. too. Um, and what happens is when you get to prep schools, they're usually really good rosters, really talented rosters, and college coaches love to go there because they're getting a chance to look at three or four really good players in one trip. and. Yep. There, it, like you said, there's a lot of college coaches that come in and out throughout the year, so you get a lot of exposure. And it's a kid that maybe is a late bloomer goes there and then gets noticed by a lot of different programs. And so <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> that you get there. But it's funny too that Zoe knew the he knew the drill yep. and he knew he that knew like, yeah. <laughs> he already knew it. Yep, yep. Wow. So that so I want to ask first too, you because at the top of the show you mentioned Indianapolis your whole life, and then you finally go to prep school, and it's your first time away. Did you have mm-hmm. one of those moments where you're laying in bed at night, going, "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> oh man, so many nights, man, so many. Because back in those days, you know, I didn't have a cell phone. You know, wasn't no social media back then. I oh, think um, no Netflix. Wasn't even, was, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even Facebook back then. I think. Um, I think the only thing we had back then was uh, Black Planet, and I don't even barely think I was – I barely knew how to work that. You know what I mean? Okay. Barely knew how to send emails, man. Um, I became a, I became an email expert after that. Wow. After that trip, that's all I had. You yeah, know? yeah. And so um, it just – it forced me to grow up a lot, though. Um, it forced me to mature. It was all-boys school, um, you know, really strict with the rules. Um, it was kind of kind of set up like a college campus, so it was kind of like a, a – a mixture between high school and college because you know you had to transfer buildings um you know to go to class yeah um you had to be we had to uh wake up every morning at a certain time for uh for chapel where basically kind of it was kind of like a homeroom you know where they talked to us about the day things that were going on um so it was kind of you know introduction to college a little bit um but i would say um like high school high school kind of work you know the work wasn't wasn't you know too difficult or anything like that but just gave you that that kind of independent independent feel where you had to kind of grow up and mature i'm away yeah. from family friends any anybody that you know that I, i'm familiar with so um it, it did it did wonders man for my for my development that's awesome yeah and so obviously then a good decision you get through that year and then mm-hmm. let me ask you this when the year's over how excited were you to one get home but two to to get cl- that much closer to getting to purdue Oh man, I was so excited, man! But again, this is what 2000, 2001. I had to take the take the Greyhound from Maine to Indianapolis. Oh wow! <laughs> how long did how long was that trip? Do you remember? Oh man, it was probably like uh, like four and a half days, man. Oh wow! It was the and then mm. you know I'm ready to get home like it's the summer. So man, it it felt like two weeks, man. Like mm. I'm like this bus can't go fast enough, man. So you're that was you're that like was red. You were like red in uh, Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> heading down to ZY today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah I man, get, so, that's crazy. 
Yep, and so you know, I um, you know, immediately um, you know, enrolled to Purdue. Got down there for the summer. Um, you know, took some summer classes, man, and just was was thankful. You know, just just for the experience, everything I had went through. Um, just in those you know those couple of years, just to get me to that point. You know, and um, I just was excited, man, just wide eyed and excited, just ready to put in the work and you know start a new chapter. Wow, that's great. So. You're home. Uh, what What was your mom's thoughts on this whole thing? Was she obviously excited to see you? But was she? Uh, oh man, my she was she was excited to see me. She was worried. She was worried about me because you know I never yeah. never been away from home. Yeah, especially for for that you know that extent. And then for her not to have you know that open communication, yeah. I ran out of because like each student, you know, I think when we got there, we got so many. Um, like so many, like a little calling card with so many minutes, man, I ran, I ran through my minutes in like the first two weeks, <laughs> so, ran through all my minutes, you know, so my mom, she was worried. And then, you know, me riding the bus and she was just up, you know, for, for days, just waiting for me, waiting for me to get home. And, um, I think, I think it, it just, it made her appreciate, um, me going to Purdue, you know, just after, after all of that, and then me just basically being right up the street, her being able to come to all my games, you know, me being, me still being close to home, you know, being at school, but still, you know, not being far away to get, to get to me whenever she needed me. I think, um, you know, that did, that did wonders for her. Yeah. I think it's easier for a parent to know that mm-hmm. somebody's right there up the road versus halfway yeah. across the country. Yeah. Yeah. If she became a basketball fan real quick once, <laughs> once I got to Purdue. <laughs> so you get to campus and it's, it's, it's towards the end of coach Katie's tenure. Uh, you were you a freshman the year we went to Duke, or we went to uh, Alaska and played Duke? Nope, that was my sophomore year. That was my sophomore year. Okay, we knocked Duke off that year. Yeah, okay, man, that was that was man, that was an experience because I think Duke was number two at the time. Yeah, number yeah, I think, two. Yeah, I think yep, and I think UConn was ranked number one. But I remember earlier that night before we played Duke, UConn had lost, and so in my mind. Duke was the number one team before yeah. right before we played them, so I just felt like we beat the number one team in the country in that Great Alaska Shootout. That's right. Yep, I remember that vividly. That was a oh, that was man. a great a great time. You played a big role uh, on that team, um, and and then we we kind of we we flattened out then the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and then your junior year was a little bit down, and then. We were it, the program was at a crossroads, and yep. what was as I'm interested to get your take on that as a player going through all that. You know, here you have a legendary coach. First of all, talk about Coach Katie, and then talk about just that time. You know, playing for him. Man, Coach Katie, he he just he taught me so much, man. Taught me so much just about the little intricate details, you know, of of college basketball and just just having success. And as a young man, you know, just. You know um, the rule about you know making your bed every morning. Um, yeah. You know he used to have he used to have his mom's rule. You know not to walk in any kitchen. You know with your hat on and you know when you yeah. walk into a walk into a room of people. You know you greet everybody. Just little stuff like that. You know that I didn't I didn't really have and didn't wasn't wasn't taught to me. You know growing up. You know he just talked and just paid attention to you know the little intricate details that make up the you know the big picture. You know and that yeah. that correlates you know, to own the court, on the court stuff. And I used to always think like when he used to talk about, you know, making your bed in the morning and stuff like that. I never, at first I never understood like, what does that have to do with the seven the seven fifteen practice we about to do this morning? Like yeah. what is making it, but it, it goes along with, you know, 
being able to be accountable, you know, are you able to be trusted? You know, can you do the things that you're supposed to do when nobody else is looking? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what's going to, you know, allow these these other guys, you know, in this locker room to be able to count on you and to be able to trust you. And it's just little stuff like that, man, that I took from Coach Katie and was able to build on, you know, hard work, um, his attention, you know, to detail on the on the defensive end, you know, having the two guard be the jammer, you know, picking up the point guard yeah. and guard full court. I knew that as a freshman, you know, Coach Katie don't typically play too many freshmen, but I knew I was in a, a pretty unique position, um, you know, coming from prep school, having a little bit more of a experience you know the most freshmen right. I knew that the way for me to get on the basketball court you know was to jam the hell out of this basketball you yeah, know put pressure yeah. on this point put pressure on this point guard you know turn him three or four times before he get to half court if I can you know just just go all out you know in any way that I could on the defensive end just to get you know get those minutes get on the court and just kind of give me that experience that I needed man but um yeah, Coach Katie, he he just did wonders, man. He gave me the opportunity. He was fair, you know. He didn't hold me just being a freshman against me. If I competed and I played hard and did the things that, you know, was necessary to help the team, he was going to give me those minutes and give me that opportunity. And so I, I, I thank him for that, man. Difficult to go through with that transition, just kind of, you know, there was probably a time period yeah. where you didn't know what was going on. You know, there's only – well, I remember my thoughts are or my recollections are that, you know, for a while there, none of us knew what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was a difficult period. Um, what, what was it like as a player and just kind of that uncertainty? Yeah, it was tough, man, because, you know, we were going through different injuries. I think um, my junior year, I think uh, B. McKnight, he started the year off with a bad ankle injury or, or growing or something like that. He got hurt. Um, I know Lowe dis- dislocated his shoulder a couple of times. Um, Kiefer had a, you know, a pretty tough injury. Um, I started that year off, um, with my, with a broken finger. Uh, you know, I broke my, uh, my right hand, my shooting hand. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. So it, it was tough, man. And just, just to see, you know, see coach, you know, take a lot of the flack and, you know, a lot of the abuse from the media for, you know, how, how the team was performing at that time towards, you know, his, his twilight years, man, it, it was bad. And then a, a lot of those times during those injuries, you know, I kind of felt helpless and, you know, it was rumors going around that, you know, this coach is going to be the new, you know, the next coach and this coach is going to be the next coach, you know. And so yeah. um, we, we just, you know, for his, his his 25th year, man, we just we didn't we didn't go out the way that, that we planned to and that we wanted we wanted to send him off, you know, that year. Just a lot of things outside of our control, um, you know, just really had had a, it was a it was a down time, man, for, for us. It was it was a down year. But I, I will say and I always say this, man, like. Those Purdue fans, man, no matter what, no matter what kind of season we were having, no matter what we were going through, they showed so much love and support, man. Like, yeah, they yeah. they truly helped me through a, a lot of like tough times and dark times with, you know, being hurt and, you know, having close losses and, you know, different things like that, man. Just the fan support from the students on campus to, you know, the fans in the in the stadium, man, the the um the media outlets like they still showed us so much love and support and so much love to coach katie man it's it just it just just basically you know it just it, it redefined and, and kind of helped me just just know that you know i, I made the right choice in, in the right school because it's just it's bigger than basketball and i know coach katie always prided you know his teams on be, being a family you know a family yeah, yeah. type of atmosphere, family type of atmosphere first and that that really helped you know those are some tough times but you know those those fans and just us as players, you know, helping each other, helping each other through it, and 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 getting through it, kind of you know made it worthwhile. 
So the decision that was made to go with Coach Painter, what what's your what what were your earliest memories of that? Oh man, I I loved it, you know, because for me, you know, I knew that you know Coach Painter was a was a Purdue guy, um, and I was most excited just about about Coach Painter's energy and his mindset because I knew like back in those days, you know, mid to late nineties. Coach Paint was a six-six point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. this is before. The, you know, this is around like the Penny Hardaway era. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the, you know, the rare big point guards and just the, the way he played and just immediately, you know, his um his first year as the associate head coach, just his his basketball mind, man, and me being hurt a lot of, of um me being hurt <clears throat> um to start, you know um. My junior, my junior year, you know, which was his first year, um, I got a chance to pick his brain a lot and just learn the game from more of a coach's type of, you know, aspect. And then, um, you know, what was going to be my initial senior year, his yep. first year yep. was when I tore my ACL, you know, yep. so and I, I got re- a chance. I remember yeah. that. It was a tough day, man. You, I, oh, We were in Mackey. Man. We were practicing, starting on the season. Uh, it was man. Coach Painter's first season. And yep. then you went down, and we, boy, that was a tough day. Two weeks before the first game, too, man. Yeah. Oh, that was. But man, like that was a true blessing in disguise, man. Coach Painter, um, like Coach Katie did, um, I almost felt like a freshman all over again, man. He taught me so much of just about, just the, again, just the intricate details of of the game that really don't have a lot to do with actually playing it. But you know, film study. He taught me how to watch film, and you know, got me to fall in love with just watching film and and watching the details and pointing out my mistakes, you know, to help me get better on the defensive end, um, shot selection, things like that, um, you know, body language, just all these, you know, small detail stuff that, you know, add to the big picture, you know, yep. of the game. And it came at a time when I was able to really pay attention to these things and actually, you know, internalize them and learn them, you know, because I couldn't go out, I couldn't play, um, you know, I was limited, um, you know, mobility-wise, so – I basically, you know, became a student of the game. It was so many, so many, so many times, man, me and him had hours of, of film study and film session. And he's just pointing out little things to me that, you know, make a big difference. And and I, I, I thank him for that, man, because he had eyes on the game that I never, ever, you know, would have thought of if it, if it wasn't for him. You know, David, uh, you mentioned – it ends up being a blessing and I remember that season so well because coach painter's first year as a head coach was my first year on the broadcast team and I've often thought back to those first couple of seasons um and that first one in particular but you think about your ACL injury that happened then in November had that injury not happened and you play that season which would have been your senior season Mm -hmm. um and I, I don't. I, this is going to sound disrespectful. I don't mean for it to sound that way, but it is going to sound that way. I'm not so certain you might have wasted that final season of college basketball because I think it's yeah. fair to say that team was probably the ceiling was I don't know 15, 16 wins even with a healthy David Teague. I think I'm being fair there. Yeah. But yeah. but even the fact that. the fact mm-hmm. that you and of course there were a ton of guys injured that season as you well yeah. know. We, yeah. we we had a better team in street clothes than we had actually out on the (laughs) floor. And that's not meant to be offensive to the guys that were playing. It's just a matter of fact. But the fact that you had that chance to come back and play that fifth season, go to an NCAA tournament, have the success that that team had, as you said, it was a blessing. And I've always felt that way, too, for you, that it probably, at the end of the day, it was truly a blessing that you did not get a chance to play what would have been your initial senior season 
because yep. it meant so much more to play that next that next year and be on an NCAA tournament team. Am I am I being fair in that? Oh man, more than fair. You hit the nail right on the head, man. And you know, even more so, you know, just being able to, you know, just have success and finish out my my collegiate basketball career on a high note. You know, with us making it to the tournament, but really probably being one of the maybe only other team besides Ohio State in the national championship game to push Florida right. you know, yes. to the brink. You know, yep. hey, that game was tied with four minutes yeah. to go. We're yep. tied yeah. with Florida, the national champions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, But even more so than that, man, it, it put me in a position, you know, to, to get my degree, you know, and to graduate. You know, um, had I, you know, played my initial um, senior year, you know, I, I wouldn't have had all my credits to graduate. Um, I probably wouldn't have had, you know, the opportunities to play, you know, professionally overseas or, you know, to get NBA workouts, things like that. So um, it, it's truly a blessing, man. And that's why, you know, good or bad, I count, I count everything as a as a lesson, you know. And, um, yeah, it gave me the opportunity, man, to, to gain my degree, which, you know, I'm definitely proud of. I'm thankful for um, it was something that, you know, my mom, you know, um, really wanted me to wanted me to, to accomplish. Um, so. Um, you know, just even yeah, just even more so than basketball, man. It was it was a true a true blessing in disguise. Well, you had some big time games your senior year. Um, you know, yeah. Indiana mm-hmm. here, yeah, thirty uh, was Il- it thirty two points, right? Am I right yeah. against yeah. Indiana? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Illinois, I think. Way to go out. Yeah, yeah, Illinois, Michigan State. I mean, you had some big games. Um, and uh, I got it. Full disclosure, and David knows this because he and I are pretty tight. But he's one of my favorite all time players. He's in my he's in my top five easy. Uh, and I'll say the reason for that is this dude was such a competitor. Um, there were there was a lot of a lot of days he comes back from ACL, and David. I don't think David did anything easy like he practiced hard there was not really a time where david went out there and just you know gave it 50 percent. so when you're practicing as hard as you as he did and you're playing a lot of minutes and you're coming off of an acl surgery it it takes a toll and uh, i remember vividly a couple times going in that locker room before practice starts and dave you'd, you'd be sitting there on your stool and rubbing that knee and you were kind of mentally talking yourself into like here we go gotta get out of here and practice and just talking yourself through that pain um, and just a warrior. I mean, just the definition of a warrior from a competitive standpoint. And uh, always went out and competed hard, played hard. Uh, we still, you may not believe this, Dave, but we talk about that all the time to some of our guys when we talk about over the years and Coach Painter's tenure. And your name comes up as like, man, if we could get some guys to play as hard as Dave played, we'll be in mm-hmm. good shape. So. Man, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's the, the ultimate compliment. Oh, it made you made a big impact on us the way you competed, and, and it was great to see too the work that you put in to come back and have a successful senior year, and then to make that NCAA tournament. Do you remember kind of going down the stretch? Um, some some things that jump off. We finally won a road game at Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, hey, we celebrated like we won the national title. <laughs> finally, I know. Like Penn State, Penn State of all places. But what was crazy, man, was every time we would fly to Penn State, you know, on our Purdue charter planes, it yeah. would always be that turbulence, like right before, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. right before yes. we land some of the crits. So I'm like, man, this last time at Penn State, we ain't about to go through all this. <laughs> <laughs> we not going through all this turbulence, man, feeling like this is our, 
our last plane ride for nothing. Yeah. Man, we said we celebrated like it was a big team. Yeah, we sure did. And then we won at, the, at Northwestern a couple weeks later. We we yep. thought we celebrated there, but we knew that that probably probably got us over the hump to get in yep, the NCAA. To get, yep, to get into that tournament. Yep, yeah, yep. that I was. I remember. I remember when we um we played because we played Northwestern back to back. We played there, yep. and then we played them played them again at home. And I remember my knee was bothering me real bad. Um, but I remember I played um. This is crazy. I played with a twenty dollar bill in my shoe because I think we needed we needed twenty wins to kind of to almost guarantee us, you know, yeah, to get into yeah. the tournament. Oh, so that's awesome. that win over yeah. Northwestern gave us that twentieth win. So I, I played with a. I'm not even really superstitious, but I'm like, I need to be the day, man. Like we got to go out. We got to get to this tournament. That's awesome. My, as bad as my knee was feeling too, I'm like, let me put this twenty in here. Then help try to ease the pain. So <laughs> how so how good how good did it feel to beat Arizona in that first round oh, game man. in that eight it nine felt, matchup? Man, it felt so good, man, because we were. It was almost like we didn't exist in the tournament. Like yeah, everybody. Right. Was oh yeah, everyone's talking about Lou Olson in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're already talking about Arizona versus Florida. Like right, we did. It's almost like we didn't exist, man. And I felt I took it personal just because. I just I felt like Coach Painter didn't get a fair you know didn't get a fair shake. They was judging him off of you know the injuries and you know the season that you know we had prior to that. So I just I wanted to make a statement, man, and put our school on the map. And I never forget that shot Kramer hit from his knees mm, during yeah. that game, man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a uh, you know a, a one shining moment right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> that's a that's a one shining moment. I remember thinking about that when he. When he took the shot, whether he made it or not, I said, man, this dude got some cojones. Yeah. <laughs> that's my dog. That Kramer yeah. was my dog. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was uh, certainly a lot of memories that whole season. Yeah, so. man. Well, Dave, we when we end these podcasts, we I always ask final four questions. And so these are kind of different questions that we mm-hmm. ask all our guests. So I'm going to start that with you now. Uh, okay. First question here on the final four with David Teague is, what is your favorite music or maybe your favorite artist? Um, my favorite artist right now, I would say, is uh, Rod Wave. It's a, a little bit of rap, kind of mixed yeah. with R and B. There's yeah. a lot of singing, um, harmonizing. So I would say he's probably my favorite artist right now. You know, I, I actually am in the loop on that one. My son likes him, so I, I feel like I, <laughs> good for you. I feel like I know a little bit about him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second question is: What is your favorite all-time book, or maybe a good book you've read recently? Um, let me see. I haven't, I haven't read nothing recently. Um, I will want to, I would say, um, of mice and men. Um, I read mm-hmm. that, um, with my, with my high school, my high school son, my older son. Um, nice. I want to say last, last year, um, he had a, a little book project. And so, um, I helped, helped read through that with him. Cause I remember, I remember reading that, um, in high school and it was actually one of the books that I actually liked in school. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, to see him having a project over it, you know, all this time later. Um, I think that was the last book I actually kind of sat down and helped read through. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, question three here on the Final Four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession starting tomorrow, what would it be? Hmm. Other than basketball. Other than basketball. Um, it would probably be something with um, – with, with donating, man, but doing it, doing it the right way, you know, uh, giving back has been, you know, a, a big thing of mine, you know, as my career has come to an end, you know, having kids, being married and things like that. Um, I'm just, just excited and just, 
overwhelmed with, with, with just being able to give back, you know, in the right ways, you know, whether it's financially, it's, you know, resources, this, you know, your time or ideas, things like that. Just, just being able to give back, you know, having the unlimited resources to give back in you know, a multitude of ways. That's awesome. Good. Very good answer there. Uh, final question here on the final four is what is something that no one or very few people know about you? A little known fact about David Teague. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me think of a good one. A little known fact. Um, I don't know, man. I would probably have to say uh, it would either be um, me being what five, five eight, five nine yeah. as a freshman in high school, yeah, or getting cut. You know, getting cut. Um, yeah, I was gonna you know, say we covered school. some of that. That was those were pretty. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that until we just started talking today. Yep, I would I would say getting getting cut, man, from the JV team in high school too. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought you were going to say, and I only remember this because I'm a complete basketball high school nerd, especially Greater uh-huh. Indianapolis area. The fact that when you were a high school head coach, you won your first game. I think I have this correct. You won your first game five on three, right? You only had three guys oh, left yeah. on the floor, right? Do I remember that story correctly? Yep, you only yep, had three guys yep. on the floor at the end, yet you still held yeah. on to win. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. I think we played Heron, too. Okay. We played Heron. Yep, yep. Dang, that's right. Yep, five on three. Our um, our last our last two guys fouled out, and uh, we had a decent lead, but it was starting to slip away. I'm like, assuming you were playing zone, I uh, can assume, oh, defensively. Yeah. <laughs> with three guys. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> One of the great yeah, all-time stories right there. Right yeah, yeah. Them boys, them boys pulled it out, man. And the, and the way we won, too, was, it, was, it was impressive. It was impressive. Wow. Well, check out the big brain on Rob. Oh, I, I, just, I don't know why I remember that story, but I remember yeah, you, nice, you had a man. quote. I almost, I almost forgot that. Your quote in the Indy Star was something to the effect of, man, I, I was glad we didn't go to overtime because we'd have been screwed <laughs> with just three guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dave, man, this has been awesome. I want to thank you for taking time to join us here. Um, it's been great to catch up, walk down memory lane a little bit, and uh, you are, uh, for, our, for our fans out there and our listeners, Dave is still very uh, much attached to the program, comes back quite a bit. We, we see him from time to time. He's always one of the guys, when he walks through the doors up here, we always have a big smile on our face. So I appreciate you taking time today, buddy. Man, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You're going to see me a lot this year. I'm going to be around a whole lot more this year, too. That's awesome, man. Counting on it. We uh, just thanks for uh, thanks for going down memory lane with us with us today here. Love you, buddy. Man, love you too, man. Thanks for having me. Y'all guys have a great day. All right, that was David Teague right. here on episode ninety-one of the podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone.